Okay, cool. Good morning, everyone. It is February the 10th, 2017. This is David Paddock. To my left, we have Nicole Paddock. Here. And to her left, we have Ryan Riley. I'm your Huckleberry. <sighs> Ryan, you picked Tombstone. What's all about movie crew review number 33? Okay, so this is the theme for these next several flicks will be guilty pleasures. And I think the first qualification for a guilty pleasure movie is that it cannot be a good movie. So I chose Tombstone because it is not a good movie. You take that back. <laughs> but it is a great movie. No, I okay, kid. It is, um, it's, a, it's a bad, good movie. Good, bad movie. Bad, good movie. No, it's a, it's a good, bad movie. That's what it is. It's a dark night. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's that not the, a good movie. Exactly, no, but, but it's it, a good. It's, but it's got like, the parallel. I'm going to bring Dark Knight up multiple times oh, during okay. this. Okay. I, I thought the parallels there were stronger than I could have possibly expected. <laughs> um, but Ryan, we, uh, we sat down and mm -hmm. uh, we experienced this guilty pleasure in yes. Disney Blu-ray. Yes. Which I don't think they brand it that way anymore. They used to have Disney DVD, um, but now they added iTwinkle. And uh, tooth sparkling. I did notice a lot of sparkling teeth. Yes. And, you know, for a Western, I felt like, you know, dental hygiene just wouldn't have been, like, that high on the list. Well, it's funny you should mention that because one of the characters, Doc Holliday, is, in fact, a gunfighting dentist. But he, so. I don't see him practice any dentistry during the course of this film. Well, he is the quickest draw in the West and the quickest dentist in the West. So he well, probably just missed it. He was... Got in there and plucked but, them out. But when does he have time to do dentistry between all those <laughs> poker games? Indeed. Um, all right, well, they, uh, Tombstone, directed by some guy named George Cosmatos. Um, he directed Ram Rambo First Blood Part Two. Yep. And, uh, the sequel. The sequel, and he directed something called Cobra. That's uh, an excellent guilty pleasure if you're into 80s action films. With Stallone? Ha hailed by at least one game critic as the finest movie ever made. Okay, there we go. All right. So he brings some pedigree to this film, you might say. Yeah. The famous George Cos Cosmat... Cosmat... Um, Cosmopolitan. George, yeah, George yeah. C. Cosmopolitan. George Cosmopolitan Cosmatos. So Tombstone stars Kurt Russell and his mustache. Um, Val Kilmer... overacts everything. Val Kilmer and his mustache. Sam Elliott... And his mustache. Boy, Bill nice Paxton mustache. and his mustache. Uh, Powers Booth and his mustache. And uh, Michael Bean and his mustache. Uh, all so all of these men are, of course, wrapped up integrally into this form. Oh, Jason Priestley and his mustache. Also starring in this film as well. Now, of course, the, I think the one, the only actor without a mustache... <gasps> Uh, Billy Zane, who makes a star appearance as a uh, as a theater fop, and um, no think, mustache. No, no mustache. Sans mustache. A very powerful decision, I think. How foreign, indeed. Uh, it did really give him a distinction from the other cowboys in this town. You tried to bring something fine into your ugly world, and you shot him for it. Well, and it's also interesting too because it's a Billy Zane role where he, in fact, has hair. And I had every time I see every mental picture I have a Billy looks Zane. Like, it looks like a bald Billy Zane with a wig on, though, because the way the hair is like curly. And oh, yeah. It is Shakespearean curl. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It could very easily have just been a wig. So, but, but make no mistake, uh, Cosmatos, or however his name is Cosmato pronounced. Comatos. Yeah, Comatos. Uh -huh. George. Yes. Bothers to mention, apparently at least twice in the uh, director's commentary for this movie, all those mustaches are real. <laughs> Terribly real. Well, I, okay, I, you know, I believe... <laughs> the director's commentary. 
Did you not watch the director's commentary, Ryan? I provided my own director's commentary every time I watched this film. Just to be clear, I didn't watch it either. Mm-hmm. I read the Wikipedia article, which sounds like uh, sounds like George wrote it after listening to his own commentary. Yeah, George Cosmos, in fact, wrote the Wikipedia page based on his own commentary. This is fascinating. Sounds like it. Okay, cool. So... What the hell is this movie about? Um, well, there's like, you know, the bad guys that have the red sashes. And they're they called wreak, the cowboys. The cowboys. Yes. And they wreak havoc on the poor, you know, Mexicans trying to grind out a, a living, yeah. living at the end of the, where we're in like Arizona. There might be a reference to them being like, a, like an organized crime syndicate yeah, kind of a yeah. thing. The, although I see no evidence of that they do anything except get drunk and make Well, I was just saying, they, they're introduced as, like, these real, you know, real, like, like mean-spirited, like, nasty people that'll just mm-hmm. come in and massacre a town. But we never really see that kind of vengeance or that kind of direction from them after this. Yeah, we get, we get one scene in the beginning, you know, a wedding massacre, yeah, you know, a la yeah. Kill Bill. Y'all kill two cowboys. All right, and then, uh, and then not much after that, right? Yeah, they're so, yeah, just yeah. drunk the rest yeah, of the movie. We've established badness. Yes. Yeah. Time to move on. Oh, man. And <laughs> speaking of tropes of what will probably come up in most guilty pleasure movies, mm-hmm. the paw prints of Disney are all over this film. Do you, you think so? I do. Explain. Um, so within Sitting the first the strong storytelling? 15, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the strong storytelling. Um, as a mother dies somewhere. So within the first... Probably six, seven minutes of this movie. Uh, it starts off with a completely fabricated black and white old timey footage segment that's yep. designed to look like it's taken from 1880, mm-hmm. except that the actors in the movie, at least in your Disney Blu ray copy, high definition, you can clearly tell are Val Kilmer and Kurt Russell yes. and Sam Elliott. So that whole facade doesn't really work on the second watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it immediately transitions to the cowboys right. in the middle of massacring a marriage yeah. of all things. Like this is the evilest thing they could possibly establish them as doing with mm-hmm. virtually no conceit as to why they're doing it. not any like pillaging or anything. It's like literally just to screw up this town's good day and then, I don't know, drink some of the leftover wine that mm-hmm. the dead guests are now not going to be able to indulge in. Yes. And, and even the guy who looks like he's going to be the reluctant turncoat of the group, uh, Johnny Ringo, mm-hmm. shoots the priest. Yeah. Yes. So... Just full established that very Disney. And then what's the next scene? Kurt Russell arrives on a train mm-hmm. and beats a guy who was beating a horse as revenge for beating the horse. Hurts, don't it? And then apparently the horse behaves after that. Yes. Establishing him as an unambiguous hero to man and animal alike. Well, I was I was struck by the kind of allusion to Nietzsche in this as well, because it's very famous, of course, that the Nietzsche- mustache. Yes, well, not only the mustache, <laughs> but that Nietzsche also, uh, when, he had his ment- when he had his final mental break, uh, did so over a, a horse being beaten. And uh, so I found that very interesting. Although I, I did not, I do not know if uh, George uh, Cosmopolis actually uh, knew this. I just, I don't see Kurt Russell's character being as like, like internally questioning as Nietzsche. I mean, he seems to just kind of, you know, like slightly begrudgingly just get involved in everything. Is, I should clarify. This is entirely projected oh, co- good, subtext on this. No, okay. I, okay. All I'm saying is that, that Nietzsche was probably smarter than the Kurt Russell character here. Excellent. Who is a uh, wide herb. 
Why? Yes. Okay. Yes, so this is white city. Earth. Yes, this, a, is, a, this is white goddamn <laughs> Earth, man. He is arriving to the fine town of Tombstone yes. at the end of the line in Arizona in some dirt pit. Uh, no, uh, but a dirt pit that contains silver mines. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So, uh, like, but like all honest cops, uh, he's broke, right? Like he yeah. ha- he has no money, and he has come here not to cop around, uh, not to marshal, uh, not to. He's given up the law business. Yes, yes, the law he business. Clearly, wasn't making much money. I guess not a lot of not a lot of not not good ROA. It yeah. turns or, no, ROI on a, it turns out on being uh, uh, honest law. Not much has changed. Which, as part of the Disney hero arc, um, maps policing and crime pretty much perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instead of being a criminal of legend who's done but goes back for one last job, he is a cop of legend who goes back after retiring for one last job. <laughs> so, but he goes there with his family, Sam Elliott. What, what I'm trying to say is, you know the plot of this movie before you watch it. Yes, absolutely. So they does, come there. It does not leave you guessing. No. I like as soon as he walks into the town, he makes like a quick. They make like a quick note with the mayor, and he just like walks in and takes over this bar. Oh, well, Mayor Handwave. No, okay, yeah. no, okay. There's one good point too. <laughs> So like the like they get off the they get off the train right there's like a big family reunion you know the three brothers the three wives um, they get out they do like a little stand in front of the uh, of the win- store window to yeah. see like yeah. oh isn't this idyllic and we just know this is all going to be shattered uh, as soon as we can uh, establish it um, but there's this there's several things in it where like Wyatt Earp meets with some sort of town official who finds out that he's Wyatt Earp and then before. The person can say anything. We don't even know what this person would be saying. Would it be like, Just this minute, I'm Wyatt Earp, and these are my brothers, Wyatt Virgil Earp. and Morgan. Dodge City. Gave all that up, Sheriff. Going into business. Don't even carry a gun. Anymore. No, no, thank you. I'm good. Thank you. I'm fine. I don't want to be Sheriff. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. Like, I mean, the guy could have been inviting him over for dinner, for all we know, yeah. but like, we're, you know, Earp just has this like instant reaction to any sort of. Really, anyone talking to him, I think. It's kind of strange. Um, he's out of the game, man. Yeah, absolutely. He's not going back. There's no way he's going back. Yes. And so... uh but, Yeah, exactly. So, but of course, we find that he's going to strike out and get his fortune. And so they're getting a tour of the town by yeah. the sheriff. And he's like, well, there's this one saloon where there's no law and order. And it's too bad because it's really nice. So while he doesn't accept sheriff of the town... He apparently goes and get a job. And this is like ten minutes off the yeah. off the train. Oh, and yeah. God knows where he, I mean Dodge City, that had to have been a long train ride. Yes. Well no, no time to stretch. You've gotta, you know, apparently go become sheriff of this one saloon. <laughs> In order to do that, of course, he puts a beat down on uh, Billy Bob Thornton and his mustache, who's starring in the film as well in a bit. Hey, part. he's got a full beard. Oh, full beard. Well, he does. I mean, it includes the mustache. He did. Yes, uh, th- that checks out. Okay, good. So, um, fact check me. Okay, good. No, no alter- alternative. Survey says no alternative mustaches going on here. Um, so, by the way, did you guys ever notice that Billy Bob Thornton has like the most recognizable voice, like yes. on the play? Like, he, you don't even have to see him. Before mm-hmm. you know that that's him in the saloon, and I've got to say, uh, he's great. I, I love Billy yeah. Bob Thornton. Like With, I don't know what it is without question. He's a great existential actor. Yes, absolutely. He's got dirtbag charisma for mm-hmm. days, mm-hmm. no matter what he's doing. Head of NASA, being a drunkard, and <laughs> a he's just got it, man. Yep. Being a being a midwestern town barber, you know, like he can he can do it all, all the time. He's got okay. range. He apparently um, his entire direction in this scene, which. This includes like the lines he was given mm-hmm. was to just be a jerk. Yes, he was not actually like given any script. Yeah. And God damn it, Junior! How many times am I going to have to tell you to keep that damn cigar out of my face? So well, and 
It's weird too, because he's a Pharaoh dealer, and Pharaoh is a card game that I'm convinced they make up the rules for every time someone places a new bet. Like I don't, I, I having read the Wikipedia page on Pharaoh, um, I don't see any connection to being, you know, leaders of Egypt. But it's a very strange game. I don't know what it is. I don't think it's spelled that way. Oh well, that explains why I couldn't understand it. Regardless, <laughs> there's a very deep problem here in trying to understand what the fuck is going on. Regardless, that you flip over some cards and people lose money. Yeah, like nothing even happens. They're just like, oh, you lose. And you're like, okay. Yep, all right, good. And so, gambling. Yep, so this is what Riot Earp does, Isn't right? Baccarat similar? Yeah. You're yeah, you like, like, oh, this card's higher. You and you're like, Baccarat, no, Baccarat is such a bullshit game. They don't even, there's no even like cards dealt down. You yeah. just like, they deal yeah. face up. They're like, this is all, this is pure chance and idiocy. Yeah, here. it's the closest to the slot machine I've always wanted. I <laughs> want a slot machine where you put your money in, you hit the button, and, and there's a or green lose. or a red light. <laughs> And you just hit the button. Anyway, proceed. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so I think, you know, Pharaoh is something akin to that as well. Um, you know, poor man's Baccarat, if you, Baccarat, Baccarat, whatever. They may as well be playing dice in the corner. Like, exactly. nobody knows what's going on here. So, after laying down the smackdown on uh, Billy Bob Thornton taking over his position to be sheriff of this saloon called the Oriental, uh, Billy Bob runs off and, and to go lick his wounds with his sawed-off shotgun. Uh, and uh, Wyatt Earp, of course, goes off and uh, meets up with his brothers again. Guess what? We've got a stake We've in got a Pharaoh a job. game. Yeah, I got a job. <laughs> I'm going to be flipping cards and taking money. Which, and by the way, the full negotiation for the business side of this mm -hmm. was uh, Earp walking into the place, noticing that there's a problem, talking to the bartender for like 14 seconds, uh, kicking this guy out, and then saying, Oh, what do you say, Milt? 25% of the house takes sound about right. That's the full extent yeah. of yeah, the no, negotiation. Yeah, it wasn't an yeah yeah it was yeah. it was an offer made and an offer accepted. Yeah, very yeah matter of factly. Uh, so what do we got going on here? No paper trail. Oh, okay. So Billy Bob Thornton's character comes back rather uh, upset about losing his uh, cush gig in a failing uh, saloon and uh, comes back with a shotgun and we get our first introduction to uh, Val Kilmer's character who I guess had a previous one where he demonstrated his gun skills but is now in Tombstone so we'll just catch everyone up with that. Yeah. Yeah, so Val Kilmer comes out as Doc Holliday, and if I may say so, David, I think if you do, you had a quote about this film uh, that maybe you would like to kind of reiterate for us, if I could set you up. Um, I remember it distinctly, but um, I do not remember it, so, so feel free to steal it. So they, <laughs> um, one of the reasons I love this movie is that it is very much like a war, like war, right? Long periods of boredom punctuated by scenes with Val Kilmer. Why, Bailey? We cross. Yeah, well, this is exactly what this film is. Is because Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday is the reason to watch this movie. There is virtually no other reason to watch this movie, twere it not for Val Kilmer as Correct. Doc Holliday. Okay, I, good. I, I will grant Kurt Russell his due. When he's staring people down, it gets pretty intense. Yes, absolutely. He's got the revenge angle. He was probably the right person to cast. And this movie, I mean, even above and beyond just the straight-up assessment of Val Kilmer as being the only real actor on stage most of the time, as far as what George could get out of him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, some of the people mm -hmm. here have done better work both <laughs> before and after this movie. Yes. Um, but but no, they apparently, he, he poured all of his mental energy into Val Kilmer, it seems like, and his, li and his lines. Yeah. Like, more than anything, nothing else about the writing in this movie suggests Val Kilmer's character should be there. Yeah. 
Well, and I mean, the director, George Cosplay, I think has some excellent uh, advice to, to Val Kilmer, which would apparently be do whatever the fuck you want. You know, like, I don't like, like, go nuts, you know, like be as outrageous, as ridiculous as you could be. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. But it is, I mean, one of the reasons I love this film so much is that um, there is, it's, it's, it's the way in which Doc Holliday is played, which is one of my favorite uh, archetypes from, you know, Vic the Victorian era, which is the dandy. Yes. Um, so Val Kilmer plays him as a dandy. And, um, you know, this is like one of my favorite things, which is dandies have to have and cultivate the sense of style. They are, in a sense, delicate, right? They are quaffed. And um, Val Kilmer is, of course, all of these things as a Doc Holliday. Uh, and it's just... It's just wonderful to behold. I have to say that you know, get imagine you know, like a thirteen-year-old Ryan Riley watching this film for the first time and being like, "Something around the house." I don't know. Reminds me of me. This is some shit right here. That explains is, a lot of yeah, your it, dress code choices. It absolutely does. I, I have to say that this has had a distinct impression on me uh, for long periods of time. So. When we see this, there's an interaction, right? Doc Holliday knows Wyatt Earp, they're friends, they're buddies. Their friendship is actually like, one of the oh, elements it. of We're this. Oh, look, we both happen to be in Tombstone at the same exact time. It's like we never what? met, yeah. A coincidence. Mm. So, I mean, never, like, we never, like we never left each other's yeah, company, exactly. right? We pick right up where we exactly. left off. And somehow this scene is not nauseating the way that it would be in any superhero movie where it happens. Despite the fact that every character that is meeting in the circle now, we have the three famous Earps and Holliday all of legend. Yes. Uh, just yeah, meeting, already, meeting like, in the, by the street. Time they got mm -hmm. there. They haven't really demonstrated like massive degrees of facility. I guess Kurt Russell says, what? what's his line? Uh, Go ahead, skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Doc Holliday has his first scene of uh, cleaning out a gambling facility and I guess he stabs a dude. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's cool, mm -hmm. but those are only like hints at the demonstrations of power that will show up later to vindicate the mystique of these characters. And mm -hmm. yet, Doc ends this encounter mm -hmm. with the Earps and Johnny, who's Billy Bob Thornton's character, mm -hmm. with just a line that I feel like would make me throw up in almost any other movie. Mm -hmm. And it just works so well here. Right. Oh, Johnny, I apologize. I forgot you were there. You, you may go. go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. So the thing is about um, part of what is so enjoyable about this film is that there are, there are some kind of neat elements within the story. I mean, it's not great, you know, but like there are some neat elements in the story. Um, I mean, it is a pretty straight up genre Western film. Yeah. And, but one of the w weird things is that apparently um, Wyatt Earp is the main character of this film. I mean, I, it took me a while to kind of realize that several viewings, in fact, to kind of like nail down this idea that, that Wyatt Earp and Kurt Russell is the main character. Um, but we get to see one of the other main things, which is that we find out Wyatt Earp is married, right, uh, yes. to a woman who apparently has a taste for the laudanum, mm. uh, as, as do we all. And, um, of course, uh, but then the woman comes off this coach, and she is an actress with the uh, previously mentioned uh, becurled uh, Billy Zane Billy character Zane. as the new traveling uh, theater act in town. Yeah, and, they're, you uh, know, they're, they're, they're there to bring culture mm -hmm. to, you know, this side of the... Uh, 
the wayward west. Yes, absolutely. And apparently a place with a murder rate as high as Chicago is just uh, aching for a good theater production, apparently. so They need um, something to soften the soul. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is opportunity, you know? Like, let's let's go put on Henry IV. Bit of exoticism. Exactly, you know? I mean, uh, so what we got, though, is um, she's introduced, uh, and she is uh, clearly meant to and, and shown us to be infatuated with whiter, but yeah, love like, at first really sight, like, as it yeah, were. Yeah, like a, from across the town to sees him. Eyes closed by the sun, they're sharp as a hawk. He's got the look of both predator and prey. I want one. Happy hunting. <laughs> Which, that line literally doesn't make any sense. No, it but, doesn't um, really. There's no, there's no prey side to Kurt Russell at all. He is vulnerable, though. This is what's weird, is that they, um, he... He lacks the kind of niceties to this thing because, I mean, it's very strange, which is that Wyatt Earp has this, like, distinct aggressiveness, right? The idea that he would, the idea that he goes, I mean, the, the character is so contradictory in that he spends the first 25 minutes just bulldozing his way through every fucking challenge put before him, right? Skin that smoke wagon. Uh, you know, out intimidates, um, out, uh, uh, just outplays everyone just by, like, moving ahead, moving yeah. ahead, moving ahead. And yet, one of the weirdest things is, is that as he's confronted with this woman over and over again, um, she asks him questions like, well, what do you want? What makes you happy? Why are you here? And he seems to have, like, no answers to oh, these God. questions. Oh, God, yeah. He's just like, oh, wow. I never thought. Kids, I guess. And you're just like, what, what are you talking about, kids? Like, you would have done that already if that's really what you wanted. No, he, and like. <laughs> it's, it's kind of interesting, which is that he, like, as, a, as the story teases this out, and, I mean, it, it teases it out in the sense that I don't think it has, like, a well-constructed idea of what it wants to be, <laughs> but, but, it, but it, like, teases out these ideas that um, he is someone who has wanted I, some sort of stability and, um, like, I like the comfort that comes from that. And what's strange is, is that he has probably manipulated his life into being, you know, rather boring uh, rather stayed. He kind and, of acts like he's trying to, you know, establish some kind of settled, boring life. But man, it just keeps roping him back in. Yeah, this is the weird thing: is yeah. that he seeks. Right, he's he's a lawman who goes into dangerous situations to apply order and stability within them, right? And what I think he maybe mistakes about himself is, is that what he wants is the order and stability. But I think what one of the cool things about the movie is that no, what he seeks out is the chaotic place that is requiring stability, right? That's what he wants. He thinks he wants what he can do to a situation, but in fact, what attracts him to those situations is actually what he wants. And this is what he sees in this woman moving forward. Um, that's a, you know, that's a, a, a well-polished turd, if I do say so myself, that <laughs> the movie presents us. But it is, I think, one of the more interesting dynamics that goes through that. And it also explains why he is perhaps friends with Doc Holliday as well, right? The fact that this guy's is interesting, gets himself into difficult situations, and, you know, maybe needs someone's help to, you know... Well, and on the flip side, maybe it's why Doc Holliday's friends with Wyatt Earp, because Doc, I mean, granted, Doc has a condition, but he does not let that slow him down. Like, if somebody's got revenge to take, Doc is, like, there, ready to shoot people. Like, he doesn't even have to be invested in the situation. Mm -hmm. Don't any of you have the guts to play for blood? I'm your huckleberry. Dearly, he is dying of consumption, tuberculosis, apparently. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, continually through the Not movie. rapidly. Yes. <laughs> Not yeah. rapidly. No, but he is, he, is, he is very pasty and sweaty most of the film. Yes. But like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't get him down. Like, if there's a shootout, he's there whether he has anything to do with the shootout or not. So, uh, 
Where the fuck are we in the story? Oh, so um, oh, they do the horse ride. He runs into her. They're talking. Yeah, and she. Yeah, what do you want? You I know, don't know. clearly do you they love like me? each other, know. but then he's you know. I'm married to an coy. opium addict. Yeah. Who, who hates me uh, and doesn't want what I want and like, what do you maybe you should do something about that? Like me. Um, yeah. yeah, stuff like that. Okay, so <laughs> as unbearable as it is to watch, I really do like the horse scene. Yes. Because it is the most Disney ass saccharine love interest establishment possible. Like it's airtight. Yeah, it is. It contains all of the sex puns you need. How do they know? They know. It's the scent. It's got the searching philosophy on the end. Are you happy? Am I happy? Well, I don't know. I'm happy as the next man, I guess. The soft focus female shots. With the landscape in the yes. background, it's it, it's just like a checklist. Yes, and they go tick 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 tick. All right, they need to get married. Like yes. this is yeah. that's all it takes. Oh well, we haven't mentioned it yet, but part of the saccharine sweet, you know, like composition of this story is um the music. Mm -hmm. There is not a single scene in this where the music isn't clearly expressing how you yes. to feel during each scene. And like, I'm grateful for that. Because yeah. otherwise it would be really, really <laughs> trivially easy to tell how I'm supposed to feel about it. No, I mean, this is... I mean, look, part of the enjoyment of this film is that it takes, like you said, it's it's a it's a box checker. Yeah. But yeah. then, like, every box it checks, it's like, we it's could like put well, another check in this box, yeah. right? We could fit another check in there, right? Like, and I think that's Oh, we're what, getting to that. Yeah, scene. exactly, yeah. So, um... <laughs> so, I, I just, like I said, there's there's something to be admired in this. Okay, so, yeah, so he sets up the scene. Um, now we see Wyatt Earp working, which is... Yeah, okay. he's like, now he's working the Pharaoh he's table. He's flipping Pharaoh, you know, he's making he's money. All, he's all fair. And Doc's people, hanging out. The whole, you know, the whole uh, Orient is packed because oh, yes. I guess everybody wants to lose money to Wyatt Earp. Yep. Um, Doc's there. He's been drinking. It happens a lot. Yeah, which I'm trying to, uh, that's all the scenes. Okay, yeah. yeah but he's there, he's been drinking. Just assume he's always drunk when we bring him up. And then the cowboys show up, right? They decide <sighs> they've got a bone to pick with this Wyatt Earp, right? He's lawman. Yeah. Right, and we're and we're told that law don't go around here, apparently, by one of the cowboys. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, I'm here to play Pharaoh. And, um, oh, by the way, cowboys are led by um, uh, Powers Booth and Michael Bean and their mustaches. And it is, um... Those and like I said, they're denoted by the red sashes. Yes, red sashes. That way it makes it very easy. Menacing looks. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, and by the fact they both look evil. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And um so Powers Booth uh They tend to uh, be dirtier. Yes, absolutely. They call me Curly Bill Brosis. Um and <laughs> Johnny Ringo. <laughs> Johnny Ringo and Curly Bill as the cow. So Johnny Ringo's a good fucking name. Yes, absolutely. Look, darling. Johnny Ringo. Uh, Michael Bean, Johnny Ringo. Uh, yeah. The other the other leader, apparently. But Curly Bill is the leader. Johnny Ringo is his... Second in command. Yeah, his his um, his wild card, I guess we could say. Yeah. Okay. His plot device. Indeed. So, um, they come up, they they have a standoff with this, and of course, uh, Doc Holliday, um, never allowing an opportunity to escalate a situation, uh, decides to do so with the Cowboys. And uh, Johnny Ringo, who is apparently the deadliest pistol since Wild Bill, they say. But it's good. It's good because we have you know Doc Holliday, who evidently is the fastest yeah. gun yes. in the entire world. Yeah, number two is fine as long as number one's not in the room. Yeah, exactly. But right. Number one, I guess, is in the room. Yes. yes. But, they have, but they have to determine this about each other, right? So then 
How do you how do you how do you display the skills with the sick with the uh, six suit? What do they call the skin that smoke wagon and see what happens? Man, that's where the pedigree of Rambo comes in yeah. in this movie. <laughs> there are some absolutely no way they're period appropriate just lines spouted skin in this movie. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Um, so they so Jenny Ringo produces his smoke wagon and begins to do a little twirly, flippy thing with it. We're supposed to be impressed. Routine. We're we're it is it is awesome. You yeah. know, they stare. He stares him down. And of course, the scene's escalating, escalating in tension. So, what does Doc Holliday reply with? Uh, well, he begins uh, to do it with his shot glass as he spins yeah. that around, spins <laughs> yes. it back, spins it. It's fucking hilarious. It's, it is really good. It is so weird because mm -hmm. it's in the middle of a movie full of completely forgettable bullshit. And mm -hmm. then Val Kilmer shows, and it's reliable. <laughs> Every scene with Val Kilmer in it is either like, actually heartfelt or mm -hmm. actually clever mm -hmm. or hilarious like all of his every single scene with him in it it's not just val kilmer the writing is good yep. the choreography is good like i'm starting to see a lot effort. of parallels between this movie and gangs of new york yes because no, we're coming there's up there's well, a we're scene coming up to the well. stage the stage scene which is also that and then you know gangs of new york you have like a weak movie at best and then you have Daniel Day-Lewis. Well, mm -hmm. and this is where The Dark Knight comes in, <laughs> where everyone just remembers the Joker in that movie, and they forget how boring and absurd the, the rest whole rest of the movie, of the movie <laughs> is. And, and, like the, and the parallels don't even stop there. Like, Tombstone, this is a long movie. Yes. This movie did not need to be 215. Nope. No, because um, it was mostly just fluff. I mean, there was little motivation for any of the action that goes on it, during this movie it is just like and granted i i understand where it, it, this isn't like justifiable but the reason why the movie is so long is because there is a degree of historicity to the action like mm -hmm. aside from the love interest a whole lot of what happens in this movie actually did happen mm -hmm. um it follows the plot of erp from yeah. from tombstone City, yeah. to the revenge against the cowboys mm -hmm. like a lot of it happened in de some of them in in detail. Oh yeah, because we've I would had, not this have is, expected. This is loosely based on a true story. Yeah, Wyatt Earp was an actual human being. Doc no, Holliday, an actual human well, being. Well, yeah, and like, and again, some of the details in that, like, there's near the end of the movie, um, he seeks his revenge as a federalized marshal. Mm -hmm. With a band of four yeah, other people, did... that totally actually happened. Okay, nice. because it doesn't make any sense in the movie. Thing. It like, looks all insane. Of a sudden, in all the movie. Of a he does, he just shows up and he's like, you "See that." It says United States Marshal. You're like, well, wh where did you, where did you get that? And not At the only, federal store, you know. Not <laughs> only that, he's ambushing. Um, what was it? Uh, Sam Elliott's character is getting on a train. Yeah. And he's about to be Virgil. ambushed, and they counter ambush. Mm -hmm. That apparently happened almost exactly in real life. Oh, very good. Like, there's just there's weird ass things about yeah. the story here. We got we got to clip along here as well. I mean, all right. So uh, Nicole, there's there's a scene you you wanted to mention the theater scene, and you had well, a parallel here. Yeah, the theater scene. I you know I get a, I get along uh, strong uh... with theater scenes in movies. No, no, oh. not that. I was just saying I was getting I was getting a strong gangs of New gangs of New York vibe when I was like watching Tombstone again from mm -hmm. that scene, and you know now that we talk about it, yeah, like. You have like a bunch of movie and then some really cool Val Kilmer scenes. And I feel the same way about Gangs of New York. You have like a mediocre movie and some awesome Daniel Day-Lewis yep. like yep. sequences. Yes, absolutely. So I I, I just I feel strong parallel mm -hmm. there. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so um, that, but the theater seat, the theater seat's good. You know, we get the girl comes out, we get Zane, we get them performing, we get to see the rowdy cowboys, mm-hmm. and we get to see Jason Priestley in kind of like a little homoerotic, he's, yeah, he's love so funny. like side love interest with the Zane character. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Billy Nilly? I think he's wonderful. Um. <laughs> oh God. What else is going on? So much culture. It's certainly a cutting room floor scene overall. Probably wouldn't have made it into a ninety-minute version of the movie. Well, it's but the problem is that it every scene kind of carries multiple uh, buckets of water through it. You know, yeah. like you know, there's like another like offer for Law and Order that Erp turns down. I mean, he continuously kind of turning yeah. this thing down. Um, I mean, what is kind of we're setting up here is that uh, apparently there's some fucked up shit going on in this town, right? Like there is some difficulty that's going on here, and um, once again, the, the mayor kind of puts it to this test uh because oh um i guess later on i don't know what scene but apparently the town marshal gets shot by yep, curly bill by curly bill yes. and um you know he's uh he's in an opium den which uh, where have all the good opium dens gone i mean you know kind of missed the old west but uh oh yeah that was one of my favorite things they had a nonpartisan anti-chinese association yes. in this town oh like and it's so it's so happy that Fair we, and balanced. well yeah that we have some nonpartisan issues yeah. that we can all get into i also want to comment on on curly bill's uh opium experience just capital. I I mean, are we sure he wasn't smoking PCP? Because that just does not feel like like uh, the way you behave after you do a bunch of opium. He literally does it, and then he just like goes out in the sky and starts yelling and starts shooting things. Yes. <laughs> also, apparently, almost verbatim happens, except that in real life, Kurt Russell uh, they they sort of like blow this off. Like they someone in the town rabble says like lynch him. And it says, not until he has a day in court. That totally happened. Okay. 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 Gotcha. Like, apparently, Wyatt Earp wanted no trouble to such an extent that he was willing to exonerate the leader of the Cowboys. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For, for, because he's have a trial. Yeah. Okay. So. Due process. Indeed. That's he's a, a real lawman. The Constitution, yep. you know. Wait, I'm sure Hell of a thing. Hell of a thing, yeah. Uh, so, we're moving. We're shaking. Um, yeah. So, Tom yeah, got- dies. Um, they approach Erp. He's uh, the guy says, you know, you're making a lot of money here. Good for you. Good for you, <laughs> right? But uh, we need law and order. Yeah, but they're you know, they're, but people are suffering, right? And so there's like a moral conscience ish <laughs> kind of running through the film um, for all of ten seconds. Yeah, there, I don't yeah. know who's like because you know Curly Bill shot the you know he shot that guy while he was you know deranged on drugs. I mean, they don't like I said, they don't seem to attack anybody else in the town un, like reasonably. It's usually just because they're wasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know that's enough to cause a nuisance. Well, then you get you know like uh, Sam Elliott's character, right? One of the Earp brothers. I forget which one. Morgan the one with or the Pierce Virgil or, with the yeah. big Virgil. Yeah, he's got the best mustache. Yeah. Well, the Sam Elliott. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm sure you know. his was real. Yeah, he's been working on it since he was 12. Deserves separate billing, if you ask me. Oh God, here you go again. But anyway, he's um. So he's walking around and he sees that there's some jacked up stuff. He sees a school teacher with a scar on her face. You know, it could have been a birth accident. He yeah, doesn't who know. knows? He just, he just assumes that it was done by the cowboys and he's got a kind of moral indignation about this. Um, and so, of course, Wyatt Earp, uh, after doing something that I forget. Are you calling his reckoning for justice misguided? Uh, I, you know, I'm not I'm, not I'm just saying he doesn't seem like he, like, researched it very well. I'm an outcomes guy. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I'm an, I mean, I'm not necessarily means justifying ends here, but... Um, Ends or ends justifying means is what I meant to say, but uh, we'll kind of we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. So uh, he's upset. Uh, Erp comes in, wants to you know wants to chat with his brothers, uh, but he finds out some disappointing news, which is that these guys have some tin on their chest. 
<clears throat> in the form of new town marshal stars. That's right, folks. The Earps back in business. But Wyatt, Who apparently. Who would have thought? Who thought? Yeah, but Wyatt, apparently not, not okay with this, right? It's not what we came here to do. We came here to get rich and fuck these people over, not provide them with law, order, stability, and justice. Um, uh, Virgil informs him that this is, uh, you know, maybe your priorities are misaligned. I walk around this town and look these people in the eye. It's just like someone slapping me in the face. These people are afraid to walk down the street, and I'm trying to make money off that like some goddamn vulture. Uh, and, um, yeah, so there we are. Okay. Yeah. So, Virgil, and then the OK Corral happens. Yeah, Virgil yeah. goes to, like, lay some shit down on some smack-talking cowboys, drunk in a bar, um, pistol whips one of them, puts him in a jail cell to sleep it off, and, uh... Every pistol whip scene in this movie is great. Yes, absolutely awesome. There's two of them, uh... It all requires a quick draw followed by a severe whipping. Right? Just smack straight yeah, down. Yeah, it's like oh, a straight down like shillelagh shot. It's so economical. Yeah. So, um, yes, in fact, as the cowboys go to collect their their pistol-whipped member, um, one of them on exiting bumps into Earp, uh, who apologizes, and the guy's like, who do you think you are? I'm a badass. Opens his coat to reveal a smoke wagon, which is then grabbed by Earp <laughs> out of his own <laughs> out of his yeah. own waistband and, and smacked on the head with... Who falls down hilariously? Yeah, good stuff. And that's it. Yeah, awesome. That's all it takes. Oh yes, and they're they're out there. They want revenge. Yeah. Yes, they their their dignity has been impugned, and they are they demand blood justice. Yes. So they hang out near the OK Corral, apparently. Um. Or yeah, somewhere. Whatever. Yeah. Like, and, that uh, part's really based on a true story. Yeah. Apparently, this happened. The OK Corral. Huh. It happened six blocks down the street. Gotcha. But the newspaper got it wrong, and no one ever. Correct. But wasn't there only like one shot fired or something? No, at that actually, it, or, there were. How did it go? There were a bunch okay. of shots. It happened again. This is one of the scenes that is curiously accurate okay. in the movie. Like they had a, an altercation and they gave Doc Hall, like, and there's stuff in the scene that seemed totally superfluous. It's they tried to make it based on a true story, almost to the detriment of the movie in some sense. Because if you don't know the real story, some of the details are bizarre. Like yeah. they have. They have giving Doc Holliday the shotgun mm -hmm. totally happened. Okay. okay. And the point of it was to make Doc Holliday more threatening. Yes. Even though he's like the Which fastest gun Which is completely yeah. unnecessary <laughs> within yeah. what we've established about the movie. Like everyone walks, everyone stands back when Doc Holliday walks by mm -hmm. already. Like everyone's afraid of him to begin with. And then there's, but no, the OK Corral, they go and they like, the mayor, uh, Claims to have disarmed him, but the mayor's a crooked dude. Yeah. And they go and then they say, drop your weapons, and they don't. Mm -hmm. And only half of them are armed, and a bunch of people get shot. I don't, I don't, I don't know. So there is a standoff scene where there are close-ups of the faces as they are, like, doing their best intimidation face. And the la one of the last faces to show is Doc Holliday, who winks. Yes. <laughs> like, like, just winks at him. And then suddenly Thomas Hayden Church is like... Oh, this shit's on, and then Wyatt Earp's like, "Oh my god!" And then it's kapow, 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 and a lot of people miss shots that are relatively close to each other, which is not all that uncommon. Um, having watched some YouTube videos about shootout scenes in modern day world, it is surprising how often people miss what they're shooting at. It's hard well, you to know, keep your shit together. I am I terrible at hitting a target with a gun. No, it's surprisingly tough. Yeah, like, even during like relatively controlled, you know, it matters. Like it's even harder when it's like you you're the like adrenaline flowing when you're actively trying to not get shot. Like this is what's <laughs> weird is that like when people are in shootouts, you're both trying to shoot someone. 
but then trying to avoid being yes. shot yourself. And these apparently are two I think we get one difficult of the, one, skills one to balance. One of the herbs gets shot in the shoulder this time around. Shoulder, leg. Not, not, yeah, nothing the, fatal. Multiple yeah. wounds, but yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's, uh, that happens. Uh, Morgan and Doc both shoot at the same guy, and they're not sure who killed him, which mm -hmm. also, again, is a point of historical and then it accuracy becomes like a for small, no reason. Yeah, it becomes like a small like moral issue for Morgan because, yeah. you know, he doesn't have as much he, experience he a, yeah, he, in the law business. He's never killed anybody before. Yes. Yeah. Uh, poor naive Morgan. He, he seems to be the only person concerned about not killing, but once again, innocence lost here. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Good. Um, Which is fine because they're about to kill him anyway. Yes. Exactly. So the Cowboys are as the fourthest fucking wheel in this movie. Bill Paxton. Yeah. <laughs> Weakest mustache of the group too, by the way. He just like even his lines sound like they're pathetic. The deliberately he, marginalized. He, he, he even character. delivers them in a sort of a pathetic manner. Yeah. You look up and you think God made all of that. He still remembered to make a little speck like me. Yes, yeah. it's, it's not his best work. No, in the Wild West, being 34 and still a teenager, not a recipe for survival. Mm -hmm. No. No, okay, good. All right, so... As he, we're about to find out. Indeed. So the Cowboys, turns out, are vexed that some of their members have been, in fact, killed uh, by the Erp Gang, I guess we can call yeah. them now. Erp Gang. Erp Gang. And so... <laughs> so... Some shit happens, right? So, and then, revenge. And yeah, then revenge it's like happens. a dark and stormy night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we were talking about a check a checklist. Um... It was a dark and stormy night. Mm. The women were playing tarot cards, got like... Tower of Babel, death, and the devil. Oh dear. Yeah, a bunch of that shit. Um, no, there's this scene. And someone like comes randomly, like shoots in the house and then leaves in the in the house where the ladies are. But then like all of a sudden the brothers are at the pool hall, even though they were at home for the shot. There, there's some... Continuity issues with no, again, this that, whole thing. That I made a joke while we were watching the movie that there's there's three months between every cut in this movie. <laughs> and a lot of the time they actually did intend that. Okay. okay. Good. Right. Um because that's about the length of time between when Sam Elliott's character gets shot and mm -hmm. Bill Paxton's character gets killed in real life. Gotcha. Which they completely fail to convey because there's a thunderstorm going. In both scenes, yeah. Okay. So okay. it yeah, makes yeah. it sound it, like it all happened simultaneously. Yeah, there's yeah, it's, it's like the continuity feels weird, and you're not sure and, what's going on. Mm -hmm. And what's even more baffling about that is that it doesn't. <laughs> it's it's in conflict because they're in a bar and then they're at their pool table, which are in two different buildings. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they just happen to jump cut from one to the other. And they're just playing pool, mm -hmm. even though Sam Elliott's character just got shot. Yeah. And they visit him. <laughs> and then they go back, and apparently they just reattend to their business uh -huh. after that. Yeah, absolutely. It's very Wyatt Earp of him. But, I know. But now, Wyatt Earp has blood on his hands. Yes, both literally and... I just literally. Okay, yeah, no, there's no figuratively here. Yeah. No, there is <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know to see how his, this is his fault. Yeah. But still, the film feels necessary to blame him for this. Uh, so Morgan gets shot, dies on a pool table, uh, which would be, by the way, how I would like to go out one day. But um, He you know, didn't look like he was having fun, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, there's, got, there's some of that movie death thing, too, where he's screaming and crying, and all of a sudden it's like... Oh, I'm peaceful. Oh, I'm at peace. I'm and, accepting this. And then the eyes close. Yes. Oh, like I don't have four death. more hours to drag this out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. So, you got to get him out of the way. He's got to die. Um, Wyatt Earp, apparently now registered male nurse, uh, involved in this issue, comes around, gets some blood on his hands. Uh, Morgan dies in his arms. Uh, he goes out in the middle of the storm. 
oil that I guess like has been blood. happening for like three months between these yeah. two scenes. Oil like blood, yeah. Oil like blood affixed to his hands, incapable of being washed off by the fucking torrent that he is in. Goes in the middle of the street and has to yell at people passing yes. by. Yeah. Uh, very, very good stuff. But feel, I'm clearly distraught. But um, like anything, it's time to, you know, pull up, uh, pull up anchors and... Take care of business. Yeah, so time to send, run away like a bitch, we to be send, honest with Well, you. we send all the tertiary herps home, like all the wives in Virgil. And, you know, Kurt Russell now, main herp. Yes. Can now conduct... His cleanup business. You've pushed him too far. Yes. Yeah. You know, you can shoot my brother. This is, this is personal. You can shoot my brother. Just don't kill my brother. Now. Yeah, that's. Yeah, okay. Yeah, now. Now that needs to happen. So they uh, have a scene where they're packing up. We're done. This is over between us, you know. Um, apparently the cowboys just can't let a sleeping dog lie. You know, like we're going to go ambush them. Like you said. Hey, right? There's yes. there's a great line that happens before they ambush him. Uh-huh. Where. The, the send off from Curly Bill. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yes. the, the, the little boot. <laughs> this heel. is all over between us. Yeah. Yes. I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> I guess just. <laughs> so uh, um, yeah, they send Ike Clanton to go kill him with some other people. Uh, Ike Clanton, apparently the most uh, senior ranking and competent member of the Cowboys, yet once again fails to accomplish the task. Uh, before him, uh, Wider blows him up and then displays, in fact, he has this new, uh, he's been given a promotion uh, yeah. to U.S. Marshal, which yep. apparently gives you extra license to kill. I didn't know that there was any extra needed uh, authority to do this. So the way this went down, as far as I remember or care, okay. is that Wyatt Earp became a U.S. Marshal so that he could track down the Cowboys. Gotcha. Uh, except the the premise behind being a Marshal is that you're supposed to bring them to yeah, justice, to not just, like, in. murder them. Yeah. But then he did that, and then there were a bunch of, like, warrants out for his arrest, mm -hmm. uh, which he didn't care about because this was the plan. So he just kept going around murdering people. There's also a good line where the sheriff, like, after the OK Corral, where the sheriff's like, all right, you guys, throw down your weapons, and he's like, I don't think I'll let you arrest us today, Behan. You know, like, it's like yeah. a standoffish kind of thing. That's basically his attitude all the time. Yeah. Everywhere. I'm, I mean, it'd be, I mean, I'm kind of, once again, the kind, of, kind of the cool thing about the Wild West is that you kind of, like, can make up your own law as you kind of go through with it. And you've got the cojones and, um, you know. Yeah, as long a, as you a, can back it up. I drunken mean, gambler, dentist, dying of consumption, pulling, backing your play. You can do those kinds of things, right? Yeah. All right. Very cool. Every bar, every town, every county. So... I think the last 45 minutes of this film is, is boring just, and terrible. It's just an extended violent kill streak. Yeah, the, well, you know, there is the uh, the Johnny Ringo Val Kilmer face off, which is yeah, excellent. We're almost there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, but we got to get there. There are a couple of scenes worth pointing out, not for their quality, but certainly for their poignancy. Mm -hmm. um, the first of which I think is probably the scene at the river. Okay, yeah. So yeah. possibly the least effectively conveyed scene. In a movie, mm -hmm. is it um, based on historical events. Yes. Okay. Well, absolutely. Okay, That's yeah. why it's okay, in there, on. but doesn't make sense. Yes. So, so after he after the he saves his brother Virgil, right? Erp saves his brother. Why? why uh, whatever. Someone yeah. gets saved by and the Earp fucking train station. Earp. Yeah. Erp yeah. saves Erp. Dis displays his badge. Tells him, in fact, that um, you tell them I'm coming and hell's coming with me. Uh, a line that's been four times now we've failed to mention, uh, but it's delivered with the typical aplomb of uh, Kurt Russell in his um, really overacted performance. It's awesome. It's great because it's like he's got the, the sky behind him, like the the the, the steam from the, the, the train going on. Run! Kill all the 
other curse the life coming. You tell them I'm coming and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me. It's good stuff. Uh, so um, there's like a montage of them going after cowboys. Yep. And then in the middle of the montage, they're like casually walking by a creek. And then another gun br fight breaks out, I know, and then and we're, in the, we're in the middle of a, an actual scene. Well, yeah. that's okay, and it was, yes. it's really lush because, like, up until this point, all of Tombstone has appeared to be mostly desert. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then like during some of these like chase down scenes, they're in like these like really lush like you know water threshold there areas. Are trees, there's shade. like trees. There's hills. Yeah. There's well, and they just they like appear in one scene at this riverbed, and there's just shooting going on. Yes. Yeah, um, it is in fact apparently an ambush. Laid down by Curly Bill. None of this is apparent at the beginning. Yeah, like, of the I have no idea where by they end, are. For that matter. <laughs> like this is the, again. This yeah, is the this least. There's a lot of our conjecture going into the analysis. It's not here. even poorly explained. It's just the least explained some, scene. And then there's like some Jesus walking on water nonsense. Yeah, so, so that <laughs> scene, then that scene justifies the entire inclusion. So they're they're trapped, and apparently Wyatt Earp decides that he does not want this to happen. So, uh, and he, he lets out his declaration of that fact by saying, and no. as emphatically as possible. It's, no! And he repeats this several times, and apparently this word has... Bullet deflecting. Yeah, magical power of being able to uh, disrupt the aim of a normal mortal. And uh, he just walks into the river, shooting people, who can't seem to shoot him back. Even though they're pretty close proximity and yes. you can all see him standing there. So Curly Bill, uh, seeing Wyatt Earp presenting himself, because uh, Curly Bill apparently not aware of the power of the word no, uh, walks into the creek to confront uh, Wyatt Earp with this to shoot him himself. Give him to me, I think he says, or something like that. He's mine or something. Goes out, goes to shoot him, uh, either runs out of bullets or a failed shot or misses him, and Kurt Russell in a great slow motion scene <laughs> Shouts no again, produces a shotgun, and shoots him. Like, blows him to pieces. Yep. It's good stuff. Oh, man, is it good. And this and this scene explains earlier scenes where Wyatt Earp appears to have absolutely no fear of being shot by anyone. Mm -hmm. It is because he is, in fact, unbreakable. Yes, exactly. This is something we were, this is information we were not privy to before. Which but is now, that he can't be shot. Yes, exactly. There is something about, he is a mirage, he, apparently. He not only has plot armor, but is actually aware of it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he is Neo in the Matrix of this movie now. So, um, uh. but there is that great line where, you know, the the, uh, the rest of the, of the mortals are kind of recuperating from this shootout. And the guy, well, where's Wyatt? Where is he? Down by the creek. Walking on water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like apparently <laughs> the semi-divine nature of White Earp's revelation not lost to Doc Holliday's eyes. Not at all. Okay, good. So they're friends. Indeed, yeah. We're aware of this, yeah. yeah. Which is also basically a, a everyone tag into... every yeah, everyone at the water scene could see the Jesus just radiating off. Yes, now we're aware yeah. of this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, the friend line does uh then plays into one of my favorite, in a very, very strong list, um, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie from Kilmer. Mm -hmm. um, someone asks him why the hell Doc is following him, or like he's got the consumption. Yeah. And now why like, don't you just chill out, man? Yeah. Doc, you ought to be in bed. What the hell are you doing this for, anyway? Wide up is my friend. Hell, I got lots of friends. 
I don't. It's an amazing reversal. Yes. Yeah. It's a fabulous reversal. No, and it and it displays at some point there is like a genuine movie here, you know, like something yeah. that like like has could have been yeah, exactly been, yes. It like like, like well, it it displays that that yeah, like there is a genuine friendship that like you know is very very close between mm-hmm. why because like it's hard to understand why yeah Val Kilmer with his consumption and his failing health would be riding around all over the West to mm-hmm. chase down these cowboys that he doesn't really have anything personally against. I mean, he beats them at poker all the time. They're not really much threat to him. It's, yeah. it's just, and it's, so it's, you know, it's an endearing little, it's little just line. to then convey it with that level of just like, that's, that's a fantastic rhetorical flourish. Mm-hmm. That's that's like the catch twenty two line between what's his name, the old man and um, Nately. Nately, yeah. Nately, the better to die on your knees than to live on your feet. Mm-hmm. Like it's that caliber of mm-hmm. line in the middle of skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Like it's just stark. Yeah, it, but it, it's it's just so good in the way that it kind of like. Because, I mean, if there's one thing that this film does have is a kind of good command of Doc Holliday's character. Yeah. And, like, this is, once no, again... I mean, it's literally the reason to watch this movie. Well, <laughs> but, it, but once again, we've already conveyed the fact that I think that it's, it's, it's the performance. But then also, he is the best written character, right? The, 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 the most complete and, and, like, almost emotionally complete character that's in this film. All the effort went into this character. Again, it's like the, in The Dark Knight. Like, Batman mm-hmm. is shitted out of that movie yes. like it does christian bale did not need to be there he could have <laughs> had a, changed actors they could have did we not wouldn't have been aware. yeah we wouldn't no have been one would have cared <laughs> it was all for heath ledger this movie is all for val kilmer so um so uh, there's more killing i think at the end by the end of, yeah. this goes oh, on for oh, a no while yeah. Yeah. yeah uh so apparently val kilmer uh doc holiday is even in worse shape after this, right? So they got to take him to the ranch, and um, we see a cameo by good old Chuck. Yeah, Trouton Huston is uh, some guy who runs a farm that like feels that it's worth incurring the wrath of the cowboys to protect them with, you know. Well, and not only is Charlton Heston there in the introductory narration, just to like stuff as many of these people in as possible. They had who's the Marlboro guy, Robert Mitchum. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. He did the narration at the beginning. Uh, he's awesome, by the way. Like oh, Robert yeah. Mitchell. Yeah, no doubt. Good. I thought it was Sam Elliott the first time I heard it. Cattle drovers turned cow towns into armed camps with murder rates higher than those of modern-day New York or Los Angeles. And then I read otherwise. No, Robert Mitchum uh, is in a movie that will probably make an appearance on the Movie Crew Review at some point in time, one of my favorite movies, uh, <laughs> directed by Charles Lawton. Um, so but I won't... Uh, well, foreshadowing. Yeah, foreshadowing, yeah. It'll definitely be on there later on this year, probably. Black and white. Yeah, oh, fucking awesome. So, uh, so we're at Chuck's house. Yeah, so we're at Chuck's house. Doc's, in, Doc's poorly. Well, Doc is at least acting as though he is doing very, very poorly. Yeah, he does seem to be dying. Um, yeah. However, after a little interchange between mm-hmm. Earp and Holiday, you know, where Holiday basically tells him that you're not as fast as Johnny Ringo on the trigger. Yes. Um, we all of a sudden... See Doc Holliday and Johnny Ringo facing. Yeah, we've off. got a we've got a showdown, right? So so you kind of get that feeling that you know maybe Doc was just kind of fooling everybody mm-hmm. that he was as sick as he was because he's got to finish this business because even in his poor health, he is evidently a better shot than Doc Holliday when it comes to fighting the number two fastest gun in the West. Yes, it happens. He, so, 
there's a chasm between number one and number two from the sounds of it. Absolutely. So we've got our we got our final showdown here, right? And once again, like I kept telling you guys, like I wasn't sure that Wyatt Earp was the star of this movie. Like I like I'm still not I'm still not convinced that this movie is about Wyatt. Anyway. So yeah, uh, of course, with Curly Bill's death, um, Johnny Ringo is now in charge of the Cowboys. There is another call out, and Val Kilmer surprisingly comes up to accept the challenge laid before uh, before the uh, the good guys by Johnny Ringo. Uh, there's a nice um, nice little standoff, you know, like some good Daisy, dialogue some, here again. Yeah. Absolutely. Why, Johnny Ringo? You look like somebody just walked over your grave. But it's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. <clears throat> Play for blood, remember? I was just fooling about. I wasn't. Uh, they've got to draw quickly and kill each other, and apparently Val Kilmer wins. Because yeah. he is the fastest. He's the fastest. Exactly. Yeah. Forty percent lung capacity and all. He's ready yeah. to go. Coughing up blood, falling off horses. Mm -hmm. Say when. None of that can stop him. So puts down Johnny Ringo. Uh, informs him that he is no Daisy, and uh, Johnny Ringo dies before our eyes with Val Kilmer standing triumphantly over his body. I'm afraid the strain was more than he could bear. And then, then Kurt Russell shows up. Yeah. Uh, lucky for him. Oh my. Yeah. I wasn't as sick as I made off. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, just did you a huge and solid. And I'm also way quicker at getting to destinations than you are. Yes, that yeah, okay, no, all around. So I think maybe some of that divinity is maybe rubbed off on the old Doc Holiday a little bit, but uh, I could be making that up. I could be making that up. So um, they sure did. So apparently, Wyatt Earp doesn't have a wife anymore. Uh, oh, she like died from laudanum yeah, on the way okay, back sure, to yeah, where okay. he was yeah. going. Uh, they didn't seem to get along very good anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's. Do we even see Tombstone anymore at the, after that scene? No. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, Tombstone, because, no, Tombstone's because, long gone. Yeah, <laughs> because we see, uh, you know, Doc's consumption's finally getting to him. And yeah, he, he's in a... He has a very movie death in a sanitarium. Yeah, sanitarium. It's a, a hostel. A hospice. Hospice. Yeah, yeah. Ho like hospice care. Yeah. Um, they got a good... It's a tender scene, right? Because yeah. Doc is clearly on the way out. Um, a white herb's been visiting him in the... Uh, frequently. The, frequently. Yeah. They've been, he, uh, and continues to lose to poker at him. That um, is that is a very good touch in yes. that scene. Yeah, that he's because like they keep getting, Wyatt diligently taking notes about how much what, he's losing to Doc in the hospital. How much he's losing? He's and he's losing like two pennies at a time, yeah. and he's <laughs> down like seventeen dollars or something. And and up to this point, it, the touch only works because they keep implying, especially with the way that uh, Doc Holliday's dark foreign wife is um, like near him all the time. They keep implying that he's cheating mm -hmm. at poker. But he's apparently actually just lucky. Yes. Just yeah, there, like, there's in all never, things. There's yeah. never actual <laughs> evidence of him cheating. They just strongly imply it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is that now? The 12 hands in a row holiday? Son of a bitch, nobody's that lucky. Why, Ike? Whatever do you mean? But he's on it. He's dying. And uh, Earp's there to hang. Uh, they're hanging out. Um... Uh, Doc tells him to go away. I think, you know, Doc clearly on the uh, animal's timescale, clearly more feline, you know, wants the idea of of not seeing his, you know, not wanting to have his friends see him in this state. Uh, he's ready to go and he's tired of him coming around. Um, it is a good scene to kind of like see how this goes because, you know, the, the kind of like connection between the two guys, I think, is on good display here. Um, Val Kilmer, Kurt Russell, not terrible actors. Uh, in their own right and kind of communicating this 
uh, the bond that they know is going to be broken uh, uh, with the result of his death. Um, well, we would, we would, you know, nowadays we'd refer to this as a bromance. Indeed, yes. Uh, uh, hashtag bromance. Uh, uh, yeah. So this is... Um, uh, although I'm sure that wasn't necessarily their, you know, intention when they were writing this. I don't know if we were, we yeah, were at the bromance era yet. So we, um, but this is, I think, maybe a fully fledged uh, uh, bromance between I them. I think so. Okay, cool. I think so. Yeah, and it's purest, almost platonic ideal. Yeah, the most fallible, stubborn. Self-deluded, bull-headed man I've ever known in my entire life. I call. You win. It was all the only human being in my entire life ever gave me hope. Yeah. Yeah, well, then we our only loose end is our pretty actress that Kurt Russell wanted to oh, hook right. up with. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, since his wife conveniently died, hey, let's go... Find some new booty. Yeah, so uh, Wyatt Earp, this in full display of his lawman abilities, tracks down someone before the advent of the internet. Yeah. All right. Catches her up. Uh, doesn't literally sweep her off her feet, but tries to dance her off her feet in the middle of a, of a, of a falling snow in San Francisco or something like that. Yeah, they were somewhere in sure. California, you know. That it's a wonderfully little scene. And it turns out that she's rich, so happily ever oh, after. That is, a, that is a great scene when he's like, <laughs> he comes up to her and he's like, I don't know what he's we'll do. Dejected. I don't have any money. I don't know. All I have is my love for you. And she accepts him wonderfully and then says, it's okay. My family's rich. And it is a great line. Yeah, and like, then they like dance off in the snow. Yeah. Like everyone wants they're, they're like yeah. someone to be surprised like that. And then like, there's some like awkward narration at the end. Yeah, people die. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. So, Robert Mitchum comes back in and apparently tells us all the fates of everyone we don't see. The power of the cowboy gang was broken forever. Ike Clanton was shot and killed two years later during an attempted robbery. Maddie died of a drug overdose shortly after she left Tombstone. But then, it goes on to tell us that Wyatt Earp lives happily with his wife until the 1920s or 30s. Um... He dies, and two famous silent movie stars... Yeah, William S. Hart. Yeah, I don't even know who these fucking people oh, are. Oh, see, I lived next to the William S. Hart house in California. Ah, very good. Okay, so yeah. I've been to that museum. Excellent, yes. So he, he, But a real person. He was a real person. Okay, yes. Yes. Um, so two of these old Hollywood guys go to his funeral, and apparently one of them cries. Tom makes wet. Fade to black credits in the movie. Like, I mean, once... It, I mean, it's just so weird that they would, like, try to, like... As if Wyatt Earp's death later on did not have its own emotional resonance, seeing as we spent two hours and 30 minutes of this like fucking somebody movie with this hey, Someone upset. cried over this. Yeah, someone you've never heard of cried at his funeral. It was pretty good. Okay, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, uh, and then... It was a fittingly awkward end yes. to a mostly awkward movie. Yes, but I'm not here for the fucking end, you know, end narration, <laughs> let me tell you that. Like, I checked out of this movie 10 minutes beforehand... When my yeah, you're guy like, died. oh, oh, that's what happened to those other people? I totally forgot they yeah, were even in the movie. <laughs> I almost wish they'd gone campier with that. <laughs> like had the, the night court thing where it's like five seconds of people moving around and mm -hmm. then just like freeze frame on some oh, yeah, random they just stupid put the face. Little... <laughs> yeah. Like that would have that would have been more fitting. Oh god damn it. So So this is a feel good Val Kilmer movie. Oh thank you, darling. I mean, once again, this movie is not good. Uh, but it is a very good bad movie. It's a good genre film though too, because you like westerns. Okay, and yeah, this well, is this is a fun genre film. And I do like as well um, because you know films are not reality, right? The opportunity for extravagance is something that I think is what one of the things I really enjoy 
uh, when cinema uh, and cinematic voices try to kind of push the envelope, so to speak. And this movie, especially at certain points, right, is and does strive to be extravagant, right? The acting style, you mentioned Kurt Russell, who just is so... He's always a little, a bit over the top. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, In this, his earnestness, like, there's, like, yeah. no, like, <laughs> like, hey, could you mind putting, like, a little, like, maybe a second degree of, like, emotional context to this? And he's like, no! <laughs> right? I have genuine emotions, <laughs> and I have them one at a time. <laughs> and I will be expressing them to you thusly. So, the, yeah... So he um, also makes no effort to have an accent in this movie. Fuck no, man. He's I, I, he, he does one emotion. Yeah, <laughs> one yeah. emotion at a time. At yeah. a time. Uh, but and it is, accents are apparently an emotion. Yes, exactly. And it is quite good, though. Quite good. Um, once again, though, like I'm not here for the total package, right? I'm not looking to marry this movie, right? I want this movie to take me somewhere with some candles in a dark place and just have a good time with. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. You know, that's why I like this movie, right? I'm not here to say that I'm going to spend every day with this movie, right? I just want an experience that I can tell people years on that I enjoyed this, right? That's what I want from this film. And it gives it to me. It gives it to me good every single time, right? And that's what I think a good idea of a guilty pleasure is, right? Something that I think fulfills that role for us in our lives. Uh, and this movie... um, I don't know, man, just does it for me. You know what I mean? Just does it for me. So does this movie, does this movie do it for you guys too? Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. I, I've seen this movie quite a few times. I like know, I yeah. said, the, the Val Kilmer stuff is excellent. I've never, I've never kind of watched it as critically as this is, I guess, part of it. The being new experience, a, yeah. Part of it being a guilty pleasure is that, yeah, I've, I've never really sat down and watched this movie critically before. Mm -hmm. I always watched it as sort of a, you know, you, you popcorn just, and a good time. Yeah, some, like something about this movie just just seems to like shut that part of my brain off. You okay, know, like yeah. Just that kinda, so I never like realized off. kind of how stupid the story was before <laughs> yeah. this. Um, well, and you get to do other things while the bullshit's happening. The way to watch this movie, by the way, the second time around, as always, the second viewing is the best. Mm -hmm. um, just sit and fall down a Wikipedia hole mm -hmm. of all the factuality in this movie. Just mm -hmm. open up OK Corral. I want to, I'm going to edit out the pause here, but I think it was the OK Corral that had the, where is, no, not the building, I don't give a shh. Was, what, were the, was the phrase based on a true story anywhere in this film? I, I don't think so. Yeah, they didn't that. need it. But the thing it is, we all, but we all like, <laughs> but we all kind of like knew it too, except for the younger millennials that had seen this for the first, who were watching this for the first time, like mm -hmm. they... You know, because they kind of expect that you know that Doc Holliday died of, um, you know, tuberculosis. And, yeah. you know, Dylan is sitting around asking, well, why does he look so sick? And you're like, well, he's dying of tuberculosis. And he's like, well, when did they tell you that? It's like, you're just supposed to know. It's history. People cough up blood yeah. in the 1890s, man. They're dying of TB. This is what it is. So, you know, so it, it's it's one of those where it kind of expects you to know mm -hmm. the, the tale a little bit. Yeah, well, and again, during the hour and a half of this movie that's really not worth watching, you, you might can as just, well just, you do can the just research. learn about the real events, mm -hmm. which are insane. Like, mm -hmm. there's a reason there are 15 books and a dozen movies that address this topic. Right. Yeah, I found in the table of contents for the gunfight at the OK Corral, um, the first section is called background. The second section is called conflicting versions of events. Nice. Um, 
So that's how much we don't actually know about this. Gotcha. Is that there, there's no like controversy section. They literally have to preface talking about it with, look, we don't know quite what happened yeah. here. <laughs> um, so there's plenty to read about. But gotcha. no, like all these people totally existed. Like Doc Holliday saved Wyatt Earp's life. That's why they're friends. Mm-hmm. Like there's the, the history. Yeah. The history is fascinating and fills up all the scenes they, with yeah, Val I, Kilmer I, missing. And, and mm-hmm. this, well, and see, because there is a three-hour bioepic about Wyatt Earp, but you know what it does not? And it came out like almost the same year. I, th- mm-hmm. I think it came out the, basically the same time that mm-hmm. Tom Tombstone did, but it didn't really, wasn't very well received because it didn't have Val Kilmer in it obviously yeah, but it, but the other fatal mistake they did was that they cast the world's most boring actor as Wyatt Earp Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner yeah Kevin Costner yeah absolutely <laughs> he also directed that three hour bio epic no of wonder, himself of course you would have ca- oh my god yeah. three hours long it's it was a double VHS that's that, that and, and this movie just just danced around it because everyone saw Tombstone this year and nobody even knows that Costner did a bioepic on Wyatt Earp the same year. Fucking one of the Quaid brothers plays plays Doc Holliday. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah. I have I have slept through that. <laughs> I slept through it once too. I just remember that it was long and that it had Kevin Costner. I remember no specific details. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, excellent. But Tombstone, you will remember some shit about Everybody this. Everybody remembers Tombstone. Oh nope. my god. All right. So um in the end, um, I don't think we have to put this down there, but of course, one star would watch again, even today, with my <laughs> critical mode even on. Uh, still got you through will continue it to watch this over every time it's on TNT. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, one star. Now I didn't have to watch this a second time. I've seen it like twelve times. Yeah, I've oh, seen so, it. Yeah. I've seen it plenty of times God over damn it. over the what twenty three years that it's been out. So guys, um, it, it's just a shame that the bad parts are the forgettable ones because it'd be good to be able to just like re relearn the magic of the Val Kilmer scenes. No, I, I do th- I do think that it is unfortunate that its bad parts aren't as good as uh, like They Live's bad parts, you know, where it's like that in- They Live's also much shorter. Well, I know, but then, like, that's the thing, though, but I don't think, like, if you're just shortening or cutting scenes out, like, you know, the bad moments don't have that kind of en- uh, enduring quality like a They Live does, where you have its, like, awesome moments with its bad moments, and yet they've, like, like holistically, they kind of fit together more. Like, I mean- uh, but still, you know, like, I think this movie's peaks are a little bit higher than the peaks of They Live. If I'm going to talk about, like, this, like, I could graph it, you know, quantitatively, I guess. But, um, I prefer not to, to uh, besmirch my dandy uh, file nature uh, in such a tawdry manner. Uh, so, guys, um, we have more movies to watch, apparently. Uh, that's what I've been told. Okay. Nicole, can you elaborate? So this will okay. be guilty pleasure film number two. Three, I thought. Well, I no, thought, no, no, no. Yeah. It's I'll, I'll pick a guilty. Oh, okay, okay. Well, February I'm gonna, just started. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Okay, so because we can't watch TV programs, okay, you know, because my favorite guilty pleasures is that I am obsessed with sci-fi programs, right? Uh, from you know Babylon Five forward. I mean, again, if you want to pick an episode or two out of that, no, you could do that. No, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Instead, instead, we are going to do Serenity. Oh, very Everyone's good. favorite third wave feminist director, Joss Whedon, mm-hmm. takes the crew of the Firefly back in space one more time. All right. For the sci-fi flop that is Serenity. Based on a based on a TV show that 
like nobody watches or people well, watch. everyone loved but there was only 10 episodes because no one watched it when it was out everyone loved it like 10 years later gotcha. when they realized that you know blah 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 yeah. blah much like high school you know you realized you could have done so much more after you left it right basically okay, gotcha. basically okay. yeah so. I don't think that's exclusive to high school. <laughs> that's the first time. I think I'm that also, just keeps happening. That's the first encounter I'm people have with I'm also curious as to what people who have not watched Firefly will think of this movie. Because I usually, because Firefly's short. It takes, it doesn't take very long to watch. Because there's only long. 10 episodes. <clears throat> but, um, you know, usually I, I, I watch Firefly and then I end with Serenity. Because it takes place slightly after and there is some corresponding info. But I'm, I'm curious to what people think if it stands on its own okay because okay. i i love this film all right i will be honest and i don't know if it's i don't know if it's my guilty pleasure filter that makes me feel like it's great or not okay i will i will have to be honest with you guys i have been pretending for 10 years uh that i've watched this movie <laughs> like i have like i just <laughs> just to get, to get by just to get people to shut the fuck up oh, about oh, it and, and I, I do have uh, i do have third wave feminist complaints about this movie that i will i will cover excellent. but it excellent. doesn't I, I don't let it prevent me from enjoying yeah. it. No, I, I, I am not, like, this is one of those films that I, I am, I am, I am like, Ryan, you should like this because it. it's, it's like, it's like, it's like if there was a Western-ish in space. So it, it feels like the Western Bebop? genre. Yeah, but okay. anime sucks. All right, no, you got All right, me. Whatever. All right, a oh, uh, uh, sci-fi Western. Yeah, you, okay. that's why I'm surprised you have because I think you'd really enjoy Firefly. Imagine if like Deadwood was taking place in space on terraformed planets. Gotcha. Okay. No, I mean, like I said, I've I have like vague With Joss memories. Whedon, and you yeah, like I, Joss Whedon. I've I've been known to to enjoy. I mean, like once again, I I still don't know if I've seen. I don't know. I, mean, I never watched any of his Buffy shit, so I don't know anything about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I know everything post Buffy, but like I'm just I end up post Firefly and Serenity apparently. But like the thing is, I'm. Like I said, it's just one of those things that I don't know if I was, like, if I'd half seen it or if I was maybe not in the state of mind to cogently remember things when I watched it. But it Maybe it was that unforgettable yeah, to it, you. It feels like I've seen this before, right? And I just have, like, like I said, I've been lying to people for 10 years that, like, oh, yeah, I love this movie. Yeah, just, like, fucking move on to the next topic. Well, because we'll, we'll watch it if for you real. Don't. Okay, good. And then we'll get around and talk about it, the situation I've been avoiding for the past 10 years. Yes. Um I have an educated guess about whether or not I'm going to like this. Have you seen it? I will know. Oh, awesome! This is this is pretty rare that we've like not. Okay. And good. I just I just picked up a physical Blu-ray copy because the Amazon copy <laughs> is like not it. good quality, and I had to buy a better quality <laughs> copy of the movie. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so you like this movie? Guilty pleasure. Well, like nice. I said, the sci-fi, the sci-fi genre is my guilty pleasure. I'm just, you know, t the abridged version is that we will do Serenity. Okay, let's 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 do this because we'll find it out is together. Yeah, because it is basically an extended. It's an extended episode of Firefly. Very cool. So, well, I'm excited. <sighs> All right then, Nicole Ryan. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for being part of the Machination Log. Good morning.